All right, I'm excited to be here again, uh, preaching. It's been, it's been a little while now. As you know, last week, Nick preached um, to start a new series from Ephesians. We jumped into the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be carrying on um, with that for the next few months. Today, I'm going to emphasize one verse uh, before Nick comes back and, and jumps in again. I think it's a little bit hot. It's a little bit hot, you guys? No, it sounds good? Yeah, it's, it's essing on me. And the, the sermon today is titled, Close the Door. Close the Door. And we're going to get to that verse in a little bit and what I'm, what I'm trying to talk about. Um, but the verse that we're going to start with is Ephesians 1.17. That you may know him better. And that's what we're going to focus on today is really those three words, that you may know, and there's five words, that you may know him better. In, in this church, we make much about Jesus. You'll hear his name often. Often we'll pray in Jesus' name. You'll hear during worship, people are saying the name of Jesus. They're praising Jesus. We worship him. The songs we sing, we, we choose songs that glorify Jesus, that glorify God. There are lots of songs that don't. We choose the ones that do. And we do that purposefully because this is all about Jesus. That's the reason that we're here. If you come to prayer meeting or connect group, this church is centered around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And that's God's plan because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the head of his body. He's the head of his church. He's the captain of the ship. He's the Lord of the army. He's whatever analogy you want to bring. He's the head. He's the top. He's it. Jesus Christ. How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? That's what we're going to talk about today. Jesus, God has a relationship with his church, and it's God's desire to have a relationship with each one of you, with each Christian, that you may know him better, that you may know Jesus Christ the author of our salvation. Not how is your relationship with other Christians. Not how is your relationship with the church or the things of the church. How is your relationship with him? Just you and him, knowing each other. Do you know the Lord? Do you know him intimately? How is that going, your relationship with Jesus? Not a dramatic pause, but it's so important. When I do, I used to do therapy, occupational therapy work. And when you do therapy with people, you often focus on their relationships because that's a source of anxiety. People have, like, how's your relationship with your parents? You see that often in movies when someone sits down on the couch and they say, how's your relationship with your mom? And I go, okay, well, here's it, here's it. Here's it. That, the reason that they do that is because that's often a source of anxiety. It's often a source of issues and troubles. How's your relationship with, with your parents? How's your relationship with your spouse? For Christians, we need to start with, how's your relationship with Jesus? How's your relationship with him? Everything else flows out of who do you say Jesus is? And do you know him? 
all of our Christian activity needs to stem out of a relationship with Christ. We can get that backwards. And this may be a very familiar sermon for some of you, but we can get that upside down pretty easily in Christianity if you've been around a while. The most important relationship that you can have as a Christian is with Christ, is with God our Father, Jesus and God our Father, and your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the two in one. That's the most important relationship you can have as a Christian, is starting with him. Amen? Amen. You can be vocal. I can see you today. The lights are on. You can be vocal. Come on. I'm going to pray. Lord, amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word that's coming today, Lord. We thank you for what you want to say, Lord. We thank you for the people here in the room. We thank you for the folks watching online. And Lord, I pray that your word today would find good soil in each of our hearts, Lord. Lord, you came for a reason, to redeem, to save, to set us free, Lord, that we may be reconciled to God, children of the Most High God. And we just pray today, Father, for for good soil and good seed, Lord. May you bring the fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's not just about Jesus. We don't just want to know about Jesus. We don't just want to sing songs to Jesus. We want to know him. To know him yourself. That you would know him and that you would know him better. That you would grow in your relationship with Christ. That you would grow from glory to glory to glory, knowing him better. That's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and it's the prayer we see throughout the church or throughout the Bible to the church, to us, to you, that you would know him and know him better. And this will be under attack. Your relationship with Christ will be under attack. Just like the serpent in the garden tempted Eve by saying, did God really say don't eat from that tree? Your relationship with God will be under attack. Did God, does God really want to have a relationship with you? Does he really want to go deeper with you? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, he does, and it's throughout the scriptures. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life. first part of that scripture there is talking about the religious Jewish order of the day. And if you've seen any movies 
or shows or you've watched the, the Chosen or anything, you, you know the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day. They often have, you know, they're walking down the street and people part as they walk and they have the, the robes and the tassels and everything. They are, they are the religious leaders of the day. As, as they speak, they speak forth the words of God and it affects the people. That is those, those religious leaders, the Pharisees, you see them called throughout Scripture. And there's many religious activities that they partake in. They partake in certain um, traditions and certain prayers. And they, they do a lot of it for show. And that's what Jesus is calling out here. A lot of it's to be seen by men. It's religious activity. It's a certain garb. It's a certain lingo. It's a certain language they speak that is kind of a little higher than everybody else. Jesus says, don't be like them. Elsewhere, he calls them whitewashed tombs. He calls these Pharisees whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you're kind of all, you know, it looks all all right. On the inside, though, you're dead. It's a tomb. There's nothing in there. It's like, a, it's like window dressing. It looks good on the outside. You walk by the store. You go inside. There's nothing in the store. But the outside, it looks pretty, it looks pretty good. Right? It looks like it's all kind of put together. You got the clothes on. You got everything. But inside, there's nothing. That's what Jesus calls these religious leaders. Now, clearly, we don't have any Pharisees of that sort in the church today. We don't have anybody here dressed like that, high and mighty, walk through and the, and the crowds part. But we do have the religious spirit still in the world and the religious mindset. What can happen to real relationship with God when, when religion gets involved? And we replace real relationship with activity and religious things. Doing the things of Christianity, doing the activities that you may associate with Christianity at the expense or substituting that for relationship with Jesus Christ. It needs to start with him. And you see this in the two scriptures here. Doing on one hand, standing on the street corners, just doing the things, and then going into your room, real relationship. Now, I grew up in the church, in a, in a traditional church, traditional Dutch church, and I grew up doing a lot of Christian things. And we sang hymns. We went to church on Sunday, sometimes twice a Sunday. Those were tough ones when I was growing up. Because they had the afternoon service, which was, I don't know, different. It was different. I would help my mom or my Oma clean the church. They would clean the church. They'd be on a schedule. I'd go with them. we do the things that Christians do. I even went to cadets. We had cadets and we had Calvinettes. My sister went there. John Calvin, if you know the history of the church, we had Calvinettes. At the time, I didn't think much of it, but now it's like, couldn't you come up with something better? <laughs> Calvinettes, that was so odd. But that's what they called it. And we went religiously. We went religiously. I didn't know the Lord, though. I didn't know Jesus. I was going through the motions, going through the Christian things, thinking that was it. It wasn't until I left that church and, and went up to university, left town, left home, that I met the Lord, that I was saved. God got a hold of me. And all of that stuff was just stuff after that. It was centered on activity. My relationship with God was all about what I was doing, not who I was in Christ, not knowing him. And like any relationship, that relationship started then, my relationship with God, and it continues to need care and attention over time or we can all slip back into the doing of things, thinking that's it. You need to care and attend to your relationship with the Lord. Could you imagine if I shared a, wife, uh, a house with my wife? 
My wife was my house. <laughs> but I shared a house with my wife, and we never spoke. Right? We just kind of went by each other all day. We were, we're kind of in the same house. We're doing stuff, the stuff of family. But we don't speak. We don't spend time together. I mean, what's going to happen to our relationship? We would drift apart. We would drift apart. We would start to neglect each other. We would neglect the things of marriage. All of those things. And yet, yet that is, we, of course you're not going to neglect your wife. You're not going to not talk to her. But when it comes to our relationship with God, sometimes we can neglect our relationship with God when these other things and activities just get busyness. The busyness of life, the busyness of doing, we forget to focus on the relationship with Jesus Christ. To put that at the center. Are you spending time with him? How is your relationship with Jesus? Yet we see this in many churches. You see this in many churches, Christian churches and, and, and movements throughout the world where religion comes into the church. And it might start with a move of God. And we see that starting in this church. We've seen God moving through this church. Healings, we've seen signs, we've heard prophecies. We've had words of knowledge. We've seen God moving. We've seen his Holy Spirit being expressed through the life of this church. And we've seen people get saved. And that is God, I mean, praise the Lord for that. We see that. And we see many movements in history where God has done that. But then the next generation comes after the move of God. And the next generation after that comes. And it becomes less about relationship with God, but now about what are the things that we're doing that, that make us a church? What are the things we're doing that make us a movement? That first generation knew the Lord. The next generation writes stuff down. Okay, this is our, this is our terms of reference. This is our values. This is what we believe in. And then you go to the third and fourth generation for some of these moves of God, powerful moves of God in the history of the church. And it just becomes a checklist of things. I do these things. I'm now a member of the church. And the relationship with God is, is lacking or it's non-existent. God has left the building and the activities remain of church. We have to guard against that. It's about him. It's always about him. Every generation. And I know that happens in many churches because God can bring revival. The Bible's still there. They're still reading the Bible. God can bring it back. And he has. And they've repented and, and praise God, there's people who love the Lord now. But I know that my, many times religion can creep in. And that's the same for us as well, our relationship with God. We must be aware not to substitute activity for relationship. It happens in the life of the church. It can happen in your life. Don't substitute activity or the things of Christianity for relationship to him. Sometimes we go through dry spells. And often when I'm, when I'm counseling people, how are you doing? How's your relationship with Jesus? Oh, it's dry. You know, it's dry, and then you, you encourage the person, you chat to them again, how's your relationship? Oh, it's still dry. God, God knows that we go through dry, dry spells, right? We go through valleys. Sometimes we seek the Lord. God allows that for a reason for us to seek the Lord. But if it's dry for too long, it becomes a drought. God's desire is not for us to stay dry and just keep staying dry. His desire is for us to know him, to know him, to know the power of Jesus, to know the power of God in our lives, that we may know him and know him better. We went through all the verses. That's his desire. We go through these times, but we come out of those times. It's like having a tree that needs water. If you see a tree and the tree's dry and it's, it's drying up, and we have trees in our backyard, and most of them we water, but sometimes they get dry. 
and you look at it, and it's, it's not doing great. But from a distance, you look at it, and it still has the leaves on there, and they're all fine. And that tree gets drier, the leaves start to fall off. Religion would come and just tape those leaves back on. Right? Okay, from a distance. Looks all right, right? It's got the leaves on there. One leaf says, I read the, the daily bread every day. One leaf says, I do five minutes of prayer. One leaf says, I read the Bible. Right? It's the things of Christian life. But that tree needs water. It doesn't need the leaves on, taped on, and kept on. It needs water, and we only get water from relationship with the Lord. That's where it starts. In the motions of doing all the stuff, we can miss God. They can be good things, and they are good things. Reading the Bible is very good. Praying is very good. But it's about Him. It's about Jesus, not rote prayers. It's about seeking Jesus Christ and having a relationship to just you and him. Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening. When sin entered the world, that ended. There's a separation from God. Jesus Christ came to reconcile us again so that we can walk with God in the cool of the evening again. That you can know him, that you can walk with him, that you can talk with him, that you can hear from him. I remember the first time I, I, when I left home and I heard someone say that, all I heard the Lord say this, I was like, what? Never heard that before. I grew up in the church. No one says, I heard the Lord say that in the church I grew up in. And I'd never heard that before. But you can hear from God. What kind of relationship is it if you can't hear from God? My sheep hear my voice. He said it, not, not me. Jesus said it. My sheep hear my voice. You can hear from God for yourself. And Jesus goes on. That's religion. But he says, when you pray, but you, look at those guys, don't do what they do, but when you pray, why did he say close the door? He could have said, when you pray, go into your room and pray to your father who's unseen. And we already got the picture. But he made a point of saying, when you go, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father. Because that's that way. If you close the door, it's just you and him. It's just you and Jesus. It's just you and God in the room together. You go in there, you make sure you close that door, and you focus on the Lord. Build your relationship with him. All the activity of life, all your lists, all the worries, they stay outside. You go in, you close that door. Everything else is going on out there, and it's still going to go on. But you're, you have time with God to build that relationship. We all need that. Jesus said, don't do it, don't do it that way. Don't just do the stuff. Go into your room. Close the door. And Jesus did it himself. It says the news about him spread all the more. This is Luke 5. Crowds would follow him, and he would minister to them. He would minister to thousands of people. And his disciples would minister to thousands. They'd feed thousands. He'd do healings. He'd do miracles. He'd cast out demons. And crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed. 
once he took a boat across the water to get away with his disciples. And when he got to the side of the lake, what happened? There was a crowd because he couldn't get away. People followed him wherever he went. But he knew the importance of his relationship with God. If Jesus needed to withdraw on his own and meet with God, who are we to think, now we're good? Who are we to think we don't need that if Jesus did it? Jesus knew the importance of withdrawing, having time with God. We need it too. We're not good if we don't have time with God. We're going to drift away. We're going to drift away unless we take time and build our relationship with the Lord. If you're too busy, you can be unbusy. The decisions you made to make your life what it is right now, that you say, I'm just too busy, you can make different decisions. That's up to you. God is saying, go into the room, close the door, figure that out. What, is, what decisions is it going to take? If you, can't, if you can't find the time, you can find the time. You just make different decisions. Right? We all have this, we all have this someday thing in our heads. Someday I'm going to do that. I feel that conviction someday. Someday's today. Just make it today. Someday may never come, and you're on that treadmill. You might have heard this word before, and you're like, yeah, I know. I know I need to seek the Lord more. I need to figure that out, that discipline of just going and spending time with my Father. Make it today. Make that decision today. You need this time with the Lord. In the busyness of everything, in the busyness of life, we need to close that door to everything and just spend time with God. That's where we get water. That's where we get filled. That's where we get refreshed. That's where we hear from him. And then we can go out and live in this world and impact this world. Psalm 46. Oh, I didn't write down Psalm 46. Psalm 46 says it best. Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. In the midst of everything, and in the psalm, you see waves crashing. You see mountains falling into the sea. You see all this stuff happening. And then God says, be still. You, be still. All this stuff is happening. You, be still. And know that I am God. And if you look at the world right now, there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. God's word is still the same. Be still. And know that I am God. Tozer said, in 1970, A.W. Tozer said this, There has hardly been another time in history of the world when stillness was needed more than it is today. And there surely has not been another time when there was so little of it and when it was so hard to find. We need stillness today with the Lord. We need time set aside just you and God. That was 1970, before iPhones, that was before the personal computer. And here's Tozer. I think we need to do even more. We need to do even more today. Carve the time out. It'll take effort. Carve it out. You, you can watch, you can binge a Netflix series, no problem. But trying to carve out 15 minutes, you gotta, it's like, it'll take effort. 15 minutes to pray, 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is. It's going to take effort. Right? The enemy is not against you watching Netflix. But there is an enemy. The world, the flesh, and the devil that is against you praying. You've got to be serious about it. Make a decision. The same decisions that got you watching that Netflix series, you can make a different one to seek the Lord. It's up to you. You can do that. The effort is well worth it. And if you're overwhelmed with all that's going on in the world right now, 
if you just look and you have a constant ticker tape of all the problems and worries, and every time you're in a conversation, it just seems to come out. What's going on in the world? Putin, gas prices, this, that, all this stuff, right? Because you watch the news all day or you're on your phone and, and constantly barraged. Even if you don't have it on your phone, you're just barraged by all this stuff, right, going on. This is a word for you today. You need to go into your room, just close that, just close all that stuff out. Be still and know that he is God. That was probably the best decision I made this last year. One of the most spiritual decisions I think I've made in 2021 was getting rid of my news apps on my phone. Honestly, that was one of the most spiritual decisions I made. It helped me in so many ways. It wasn't easy. But you know what? If I don't know what happens right away, the world still turns. It's okay. I was just drinking anxiety and then getting drunk at the end of it. And you're anxious. It's like, why am I anxious? Drunk on anxiety. Yeah, you're anxious. Because you're just, you're just, you're getting the feeds all the time. It's just fear, anxiety, all the stuff happening. World's crumbling, mountains, earthquakes, all this, whatever it is. Wars, rumors of wars. God says, be still. And if you need to take those apps off, take them off. Just take them off. Unfollow. Whatever it is for the, for the, your social media of choice. But if it, if it's not driving you to prayer, if it's not driving you to faith, you don't need it. You don't need it. Take control. Stuff will happen with or without you. The Lord knows. He's not wringing his hands. He's not going, I wonder how this is going to work out. He knows what's happening out there. He, knows, he actually knows what's happening behind the what's happening. He knows it all. The Lord knows. Know that he is God. Know that he is God. That's where we start. That's where our relationship starts. That's where the, our Christian life needs to start, is knowing God. I'm going to finish with this. This is Jesus in John 7. On the last and greatest day. If anyone's thirsty for relationship with him, if anyone feels dry, if you feel dry, go to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. He makes it pretty easy. He says, if you're, if you're feeling dry, and if you're talking with people, and you're like, I'm just dry, and you just feel dry, and you feel dry for a while, come to Jesus. He says, come to me. All, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Today, you can make that decision to come to Jesus. Your life might be just full of activity, full of Christian things, but you know that that relationship with Jesus Christ is lacking. You need to build that again. Know him. It's time to dig fresh wells today. Amen. Please stand with me. I'd like to, I'd like to pray I'm also just going to ask you to close your eyes while we pray. I don't often do this, but just while we pray, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And if there's anyone here this morning, and even what I said at the beginning there resonated with the way I grew up in church, let's make no assumptions 
I make no assumptions. God knows. God knows each person here. Lord, you know each person's heart. Lord, you know each person's each person, God, that knows you, Lord. And if you're here this morning and you are you've been living a life of just Christian things, maybe you grew up and someone told you, okay, well, you believe this, 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 you're saved. And you said yes, and you think, okay, well, that, makes, that means I'm saved. That means I know the Lord. Do you know the Lord? How's your relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? Is anyone here just going through the motions? And, you, and you've asked yourself, how do I know I'm saved? I just encourage you, if that's you this morning, just please put your hand up. We want to pray with you. If God's pounding on your chest right now, that's you. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you know the Lord, please put your hand up. We want to pray with you. We want to talk with you. And Lord, we do just come before you as a body, as a people, Lord. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the promise of relationship. We thank you, Lord, that you've redeemed us. Lord, where our relationships with you are dry, Lord, where there's, where there's just desert, God, and we know that there's more, and we all know that there's more, God. We want to know you better, Lord. We just want to submit our lives to you afresh, and if this is you, you can just say amen. You can say your amen to God. Lord, we want to submit our lives to you. We want more, Lord. We know there's more. We want to know you, and Lord, we want to know you better. We want to know you better, Lord. Lord, we just want to repent. And I'll just repent on your behalf. If it's for you, just say amen to it. Let's do it together. God, we just want to repent of putting other things ahead of you, Lord, of prioritizing things wrong. Lord, we want to put Jesus Christ at the center of our lives afresh today. We want to make decisions that matter for eternity, Lord. We want to get off the treadmill. Lord, for those on the treadmill, God, I just pray for courage. I pray for a, a, just a conviction, Lord, of where they're at just to make a decision for Jesus, to make a decision for a relationship, God. We want to set our lives upon you. We want to fix our eyes on you. May the lamb who was slain receive the full reward of your suffering, Lord, through this church. Have your way in each person, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you did, if you did uh, raise your hand there, um, I saw some folks. Just raise your hand. If you want to know the Lord this morning, please come talk to me. And I'll, I'll seek you out if you don't leave quick enough. Don't leave. We want to talk with you. We want to pray with you. We want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. Because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like knowing God. Knowing God. <laughs>